This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Now, let me take you back to 1949 for an episode of Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. And here's a little bit of a twist on things, a bit of a teaser as to what lies ahead. A man tells Diamond that he's going to commit a murder. A little guy with a big gun is put out of commission by Diamond's yo-yo. <laughs> Dick sings, I only have eyes for you, after the story. A man with initials on his briefcase that read uh, J.B., but who says his name is not important, wants to employ Richard Diamond as he has come highly recommended. J.B. tells Diamond he's going to commit a murder and he has the victim, the opportunity, the method, and the man to handle details, but he wants to make sure that he is not tripped up by his lack of foresight of police procedures. Richard Diamond begins to ring the police, but J.B. pulls a gun on him and locks him in the closet. Here it all played out just as described next on Theater of the Mind. Here's Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Is this the Diamond Detective Agency? Yeah. Down, up, round, and down. Mr. Diamond, I presume? Yes, and maybe no. Down, up, round, and round. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand you. Uh, yes, I'm Diamond, and you're not presuming on me, not if you're a client. Well, no, that's not what I mean. What is that object you're playing with? Uh, this? This is a yo-yo. You make it go down, up, round, and down. See? Uh, yes, yes. But, but I came in on business, Mr. Diamond. I want to hire you. Just drop it like this. Down, up, as a detective. Oh. Well, a hundred a day in expenses, and I throw in the yo-yo lessons free. Give me the Mr. Diamond. Are you in business? Do you have the hundred a day? I do. I am. That's fine. Your name? Oh, I, I can't tell you that. Goodbye. Will you kindly put that thing away? I have a terrible head. Oh, I don't know. It's not so bad. Carpet yourself? Why, you insufferable... Now, wait a minute. Until we've had a formal introduction, the word insufferable is your ticket for a new set of dentures. Now, why don't we get formal and save your gums that lonely feeling? I told you my name is not important. That I believe, but let's kick it around anyway. Is that necessary? Look, look, you said you wanted to hire me. So either tell me your name or what you wanted me to do, or let me get back to my practicing. Uh, I, I should find another detective, but you came highly recommended, so... All right. Uh, you can call me, uh, Johns. Other wife? What? Forget it. Initials on your briefcase read J.B. Oh, oh, that, uh, it's one I borrowed. So, now that I've conquered your coyness, what's the Pitch? Pitch? Oh, oh, you mean my assignment. Oh, it's very simple, but first, I must insist that no word of this conversation leaves your office. So far, no one would believe it anyhow. 
But my ethics are in good order, Mr. Johns. Good, good. This must be kept very secret. Shall I pull down the blinds and stuff the keyhole? Oh, that shan't be necessary, thank you. Your secret is... Uh, murder, Mr. Diamond. Oh, I just knew you were going to say that. Where's the corpse? Uh, the corpse? Oh, that's what I came to you for. I want to have professional advice on every angle before I kill. Now, you've had police experience. Uh, I... Unless my hearing aid's on the blink, you're saying you want to commit a murder. Oh, not want. I'm going to. This evening. Oh. What do you want me for? The victim? Oh, I have the victim, the opportunity, method, uh, and the man to handle the uh, details. However, I want to be sure that I'm not tripped up by my lack of foresight to police procedures. Uh, sure, 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 yeah. Uh, whom are you calling? The police, but you'll probably get sent to Bellevue. Mr. Diamond, your ethics. Ethics about concealing or helping a murder are free passage to Sing Sing. The phone, put it down quickly. Oh, my. Isn't that shiny? A real gun. Those things are illegal, you know. Must you shake it so much? Uh, oh, sorry, I, I'm a little nervous. Oh, Swell, you're nervous. Hey, quiet, quiet, I'm thinking. This visit has obviously been an error. Perhaps not a fatal one. Let's see. I have it. Into the closet. What? With my bicycle? It'll be too crowded. Your bicycle? Oh, my exercise bicycle. That's my, there's my rowing board and oh, my, my weight. Oh, be quiet, stop walking. Oh, this is ridiculous. Now open that door. Oh, okay. Uh, now that bicycle, it has a seat? Well, yes. Sit on it. So the Diamond Detective Agency sat in the stuffy closet listening to the sound of the desk being pulled over and jammed against the door. Not having anything better to do except call myself names, I rode. On my fifth lap around the world, I gave birth to a brainchild and began applying the art of leverage against the blockaded door using both legs and the flat of my back. Result? A Charlie horse. On the third lap following, I came up with something more substantial. A heavy barbell. Four smashes and three torn ligaments later, the thin door collapsed over the desk blocking it. I picked my way over the debris, trying to focus my eyes to the light. By instinct, more than sight, I found the phone. But as I reached to pick it up, I suddenly realized I was shaking hands with someone. Back up, Diamond. Oh, this is getting ridiculous. All my clients waving guns at me. I'm no client, Diamond. Mr. Johns wants I should keep you company for a while. Oh, well, you're a small one. This gun makes me a big one, Diamond. Real big. That's why my nickname is Big Man, even though I'm only four feet tall. Oh, maybe I could help you. I've got a lot of exercise things. Be funny or shut up. How about a few yo-yo lessons? <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Shut up. Big man, what would happen if I took that gun away from you? You want to try? I was giving it a thought. But on second thought, uh, no. Yeah, smart Shamus. I can empty this magazine in your stomach before you make two steps. Rick, I... Oh, I didn't know you had a client. Take it easy, Diamond. I got a gun in my pocket. Uh, the, uh Helen, Helen, baby, come in. Uh, uh, meet big man McCarthy, an old, old pal from PS69. Big man, this is uh, Miss Asher. Oh, yes, delighted, Mr. McCarthy. Hey, same here, chick. Say, pal, you got good taste. Some built. Oh, such a flatterer. Rick, what happened to your closet? Uh, the termites broke my non-aggression pact. Uh, what's on your mind, baby? Well, I came to see if you were ready for the benefit tonight. You are, aren't you? Oh, well, am I? Just watch this new yo-yo trick. They call it round the world. Wonderful. Oh, Rick, you know so many things. Where'd you learn that? The PS69, of course. Where else? Mr. McCarthy. Do it again, Rick. I want to see how you do it. Sure, baby. Just watch. You take it in your hand like this and 
Throw it out like this. <laughs> oh, idiot. Rick, you struck that poor little man. No. Well, that poor little man had a big nasty gun in his pocket and it was pointed right at my breakfast. Why, that horrible little... Why didn't you hit him harder? He might have hurt you. Oh, darling, are you sure you're all right? I'm sure, baby. Well, you send for the police. He should be behind... Now, look, Helen, this is my department. You'll go along with your errands. Rick, he's dangerous. Helen, will you go away? I have a few questions I want to ask this little hood, and you'll be of no help, believe me. Well, all right, but you be careful. Oh, and uh, about tonight. It's not at my apartment, but the park is penthouse up above in the same building. Now, come early and help Francis and me get things ready. Stop pushing. I'll see you tonight, baby. Oh, Rick, are you sure I can't stay? Go, scat. Now, for you, Mr. Big Man. Come here. Wake up. Wake up. The mule train went that way. Come on, come out of it. Ah, it's you, huh? Yeah, me. Now, what's the real name of your boss? Who's he going to kill? You can stop the questions, Diamond. I'm not going to talk. You want me to wring it out of you like a wet wash? Who is Mr. Johns? You know, there's a big advantage in being little, Diamond. Yeah, you can hide under smaller rocks. <laughs> Who's your boss? There's another advantage, too. A man my size can be awfully hard to catch. What? Hey, come back here. Charlie. <laughs> he never looked so good. Shut up, Otis. He's really been worked over. Wonder what gang did this to him. Rick. Rick, snap out of it. Oh, oh. Rick, what happened? Oh, just came through the door. Oh, what? Coming through the door couldn't wreck you like that. Oh, without opening it? You mean... Oh, no. You got that shiner by running into the door? <laughs> Shut up, Otis. Okay, Rick, where's the body? Uh, beside you. Well, that's Otis. I mean, where's the corpse? Uh, the corpse isn't a corpse yet. Hold this. Get my bicarbonate. Hey, Yellowtooth. Go on, Rick. The corpse isn't a corpse. Tell me, what is it? A ghost? Exactly. Otis? Hey, hey Yellowtooth. Mm. Now, Rick, do me a favor. Please tell me what you're talking about. Oh, you aren't trying, Walt. All I said was that the corpse isn't a corpse yet and that it's a ghost because I don't know who's going to be the corpse. Rick, before I go stark raving mad, will you tell me what you're talking about? Well, a man came into my office this morning, said he was going to commit a murder. Threw a gun on me when I started to call you. Locked me in a closet. I broke out only to find he left this little man, big man, the midget who just ran out of here. Stop, please. So Helen came in. I turned the tables on big man. She left. I asked questions, drew a blank. Big man started to run. Why didn't you nab him? He ran through the door. I ran into it. You're up to date. <laughs> I'm up to date. Get him. I'm up to my ears in confusion. So we've got a man who's going to murder someone. All right, what's his name? He said Johns, but it's a phony. Initials on his briefcase read J.B. Uh, say, Shamus, what do you look like? Uh, Otis, do you have a son? Oh, you know I don't. Well, that's what he looked like. Rick, are you sure this J.B. is planning to kill someone tonight? Well, if he isn't, he sure took a lot of pains for nothing. Let's get down to headquarters. I want to check the files. Okay, but we don't keep files on ghosts. Oh, by the way, why did you come up here? Helen called. Said you were holding a pigeon for us. Oh, lovely girl. I'll say... Can I have a dance with her at the benefit tonight? Uh, no, Otis. I think I better fix you up with Francis. Swell. Otis, you gravelhead. Francis is a butler. Oh, it's all right, Lieutenant. I like them foreign dames. Oh, 
what's all the pictures, Walt? I've looked them all. John's doesn't have a record, neither does a big man. Yeah, they wouldn't. The one time we get a chance to stop a murder before it's committed, and we've even got a good description of the potential killer. Walt, this... This J.B. was no bum, not even an ordinary working man. His clothes are expensive, and the briefcase he carried probably cost more than your weekly salary. Now, it's an even bet he belongs to the social upper crust, that or close to it. That would narrow the field a lot, but still... How about the newspapers, Walt? They have society reporters who know anyone who is anyone. It's a long shot, but name name me a better. Go through the newspaper logs. They might have a picture. Oh, no, no, Walt, no pictures. I'm nearly blind from looking at pictures now. Thanks, but I'll try the reporters with a description. It sounds like you're going to search for a needle in a haystack. Oh, Otis, please. Your cliché is showing. Ah, uh, that's screwy. You can't kid me. Only dames wear clichés. How could mine be showing? Sergeant, when you die, will your brain to a clinic? Maybe they'll discover a cure for it. Ah, uh, lay off. Besides, I got a good idea for your investigation. I wouldn't miss hearing this for my next two issues of Batman. Yeah, I was thinking you could maybe save a lot of time if you got an artist to draw a picture from your description. They do it in all the movies and catch crooks easy. Otis, how would you like a transfer hey, to Walt. Staten? Wait a minute, wait a minute. He may have an idea. I know where there's an artist who could sketch J.B. from a description. It's crazy, but you may as well try it, Rick. Otis, you can drive him there. Uh, uh, Lieutenant. Uh, tell him yes, Walt. I can't stand to see him cry. All right, Otis, you can use the siren. <laughs> Come on, Otis, it's right at the head of the stairs. Who is this guy? Her name's Vladimir, and be careful, he's temperamental. Oh, that's okay, I've been vaccinated. What, what, what? Open up, Vladimir. Runga go away. My name's Patrick O'Brien. It's Diamond, not the landlord. Comrade, come in. Stalin. No, Vladimir, that's Sergeant Otis. What a startle he gave me. Uh, Vladimir, can you sketch a man's face from a description? Can I sketch a man's face from a description? Can I sketch? Did I not once sketch the whole Russian army and with one pencil? Okay, Vladimir, but can you do it? Comrade, you doubt it? I am the greatest artist that's impossible. I can draw... uh, Comrade, you are paying cash money. Cash money? Oh, for that I can draw you Siberia and never miss a salt mine. I'm such a genius, I can't stand myself. Another man, Vladimir. Can you sketch the man's face? I think so. Okay, but make it fast. I'll give you the general idea and correct you as you go. Corrections you can make. One criticism, I go back to my shave cream signs. Come with me to my hizzle. Almost, Vladimir, but the nose still isn't quite right. Make it look a little more like a pickle. Sweet? Dill. Off that side, just a pinch. Oh. Like this? Yeah. Yeah, you've done it. That's him. Ah, how much do I owe you? For you, comrade, hundred dollars. What? Fifty dollars. A buck. Sell my genius for a buck? I die first. A buck and a quarter. Comrade, please, I'm a capitalist now. A buck and a half. Last price. I wouldn't... Last price, last price, I take it. But I may die. If you do, give me a call. It's a good job, Vladimir. Of course. 
Was I not the artist to sketch the Tsar himself? Of course, it didn't pay so well, but it was great honor. Looks pretty fuzzy to me. Comrade Diamond, your patronage I appreciate. But if you must bring along this peasant, don't. Even his face makes me sick with the repulse. Uh, Otis, come on. You have to pardon him, Vladimir. Whenever his shoelaces come untied, his brains slip out. See you later. Ochichornia, comrade. When we left Vladimir, I sent Otis back to Walt and took off for the newspapers. I showed the sketch to one society reporter after another and watched the many heads shake my eyes began to cross. It was 6.30 when I finished playing Quizmaster, and there was no use kidding myself. I had struck out. I had to tell Walt, so I started for the 5th Precinct. I was at a point where I'd have hocked my Social Security for 30 seconds with a little big man. Then as I walked down the street, I suddenly felt the nerves in my spine jump down into the pit of my stomach and goose pimples skidded up my back like scared rice. It was a feeling I'd had before. So without turning, I headed for the steps of a basement apartment. I got my meeting with Big Man all right. It came within inches of being a vamp into a Gabriel solo. Big Man apparently thought his shots hit pay dirt. But when I peeked over the top of the stairs, he was in his car and going. I took in the torn knees of my pants, said a few messages to the spirit world that would have barred me from any seance, and hauled what was left of the Diamond Detective Agency to see Walt Levinson. Well, you can have it, Walt. This is getting ridiculous. Beating my brains out, getting shot at, and for what? Shot at? That's right. I said shot at. You can have the whole stupid mess. I like to get fees for playing post office with slugs. And if a guy gets killed, call me. I'll help with the embalming. But, but... Oh, but nothing. It's 7 o'clock, and I'm not sticking around to split a three-way crying job over a killing that may already have happened. I'm going to Helen's and get a drink. Oh, all right. Go ahead, Rick. There's nothing more you can do anyhow. I'll see you later. Right. And you stop looking like a panda with a bellyache, Otis. No, what did I do? Oh, shut up. Uh, hey, where you going? I'm going out and punch the first little guy I can find right in the nose, just on general principles. I left the precinct and headed for Helen's party. I remembered that the benefit was being held in the penthouse and went on up. I was surprised to find Helen's butler, Francis, opening the door. Good evening, Mr. Depp. Oh, my, did you have an accident? This day has been an accident, Francis, but if you mean my clothes, I was playing spin the bottle with a bulldozer. You do look a little battered, if I may say so, sir. You ought to see the bulldozer. What are you doing opening the door up here? Oh, the Parker's butler was taken ill, sir. As I was helping Miss Asher with the decorations anyway, I remain to take his place for this evening. Is she here? Yes, she's in the living room, sir. Thanks, I'll go on in. Rick, over here. Hello, baby. What? Hit you a bus? Just a door and a sidewalk. The bus I get later. Oh, Rick. And just look at your suit. It's ruined. Now, what's with the concern over my suit? You lobbying for my tailor? I wanted you to look your very best tonight. Here, let me see those knees. Come on, sit over here. That's it. Now... Oh, well, they're not as bad as I thought. Oh, cheer up. Maybe they'll get infected. That'll help. Who did this to you, Rick? Our sweet little friend of this morning, Big Man, or I should say his boss, J.B., he's the one who sent Big Man after me. J.B.? A specter, sent to haunt me for my past sins. He hired the little killer you saw me sock with my yo-yo. Your yo-yo? 
Oh, you haven't lost your yo-yo, have you? Oh, Helen, baby, your Ricky's nearly been killed. Must you worry about my yo-yo? I'm sorry, but it is all right. In my pocket, here. See? Good as new. Oh, that's fine. Now, what about this J.B. person? Why did he send Big Man to kill you, Rick? Because I know he's going to commit a murder tonight. Maybe doing it right now. Wait a minute. You said Big Man. Did you let him go this morning? Uh, yeah, yeah, I let him go. And I've worn my feet off up to my eyebrows trying to find out who his boss is and who's on the spot to get knocked off. Oh, poor Ricky. I wish I could help you. It's not me that needs help now. I quit. It's the guy J.B. is after. J.B., are those his real initials? Yeah. No, we've had lots of things to go on. Initials, descriptions, even a sketch of him. Here, I've got it in my pocket for all the good it did. Oh, wait, don't tear it up. Let me look at it. Oh, Rick, silly. This is no murderer. That's a sketch of Johnny Blackwell. It's a sketch. Helen, you know who this man is? Of course. It's Johnny Blackwell from Newport. He and his wife are up here visiting Adam Worcester. Rick, what is it? You're... You're all turning blue. All day long, I... When you were in my office, you could... Oh, if I'd only asked... Helen. Yes, Rick? Give me some cyanide. No water. Oh, but you must be mistaken about the sketch. Johnny Blackwell can't be a murderer. Well, I'm getting out of here. Where can I find him? If you'll just sit still, he'll come to you. Adam Wister's bringing him and his wife to the benefit tonight. Well, that's the way this screwy world works sometimes. One minute you're on your uppers. With a stick of baloney, you're trying to hold off three guys with swords. And Kismet makes a switch and tags your side for a gain in your living. I called Walt to pass on the good news, and in eight and a half minutes by the clock, he joined me with Sergeant Otis in the kitchen from where we could peek out at the growing crowd. Let me take a look, Rick. Has Blackwell come in yet? Uh, stay back. I'll let you know. Otis, get out of that icebox. Oh, I'm hungry. You heard me. Oh, that's fried chicken, Lieutenant. Fried chicken? Hmm, I haven't had... Otis. Oh. Walt, Walt, come take a look. There's Blackwell. Where? Over there, just sitting down. The man with the sandy hair. Yeah, yeah, I see him. Who are those people with him? Well, the woman must be his wife. Oh, but get a load of the little weasel. That's big man, the guy who got away from me this morning. Oh, and the other man? Must be Adam Wister. Helen said he was bringing the Blackwells. Well, he did. So now we wait for the play. Well, we waited and watched the Blackwell party settle down to enjoy itself. Big man acted like he hadn't eaten for a week and made hors d'oeuvres vanish in his mouth like marbles down a manhole. After what seemed like weeks, the situation grew, suddenly took shape. On Blackwell's urging, big man rose to dance with Mrs. Blackwell. Mrs. Blackwell was a dark-haired honey with curves right out of one of my better dreams. But my mind was on her husband and Worcester. As soon as they had the chance, they got up and headed out of the room. Watch them, Rick. They're headed for the library. Come on, this way. Through this door and down the hall. Well, Adam, it's nice to be visiting you again. So glad to have you, Johnny. We're sorry to hear about your losses in the market last year. The story here was that you were cleaned out. Hey, Diamond, what's he saying? Shut up, Oh, I still have a little money, Adam. In fact, I'd like to buy back in with you as a partner. You don't have that much, Johnny. And your wife won't give it to you. She may, Adam. 
She may, and quicker than you think. Walt, come on. We picked no, the wrong victim. Let's find the big man. It's nice on the terrace, Mrs. Blackwell. Yeah, real nice out here. I don't like it. It's chilly. Oh, it'll warm up, Mrs. Blackwell. No, I'm going back in. Better not. I don't like the way you're acting, big man. Get out of my way. Get back and shut up. How dare you talk to me like that, you little... Now I'm big, Mrs. Blackwell, real big. <gasps> A gun? What in the world? I'm gonna kill you. Kill me? Yeah. Only it'll look like an accident. Why, this is ridiculous. What kind of a joke is this? <laughs> it's no joke, Mrs. Blackwell. Your husband don't think it's no joke. He wanted me to tell you he was real sorry. Now I'm gonna kill you. You mean it. You really mean it. Yeah, sure, Mrs. Blackwell. Mr. <gasps> Blackwell needs your dough. Bad. Back up. He can have it, all of it. Only don't kill me. Don't. Sorry, Mrs. Blackwell, too no. late. Now start back. Please, please. Over to that wall. You're gonna play Humpty Dumpty. Oh. That's right. Now oh, get up no. on the wall. No. I'm a guy who's willing to help you. Me too. Diamond, why you... Captain the girl, Walt. Big man's mine. He, he was going to kill me. All right, Mrs. Blackwell. Take her inside, Otis. Rick, you okay? Yeah, getting my hands on this little rat was better than a year's vacation. Well, we sure heard enough to give both him and Blackwell a long vacation on the state. Keep him on ice. I'll collect the other one. I'll be delighted. Uh, oh, my jaw. Oh, waking up... Uh, what a shame. <laughs> what a lovely party. I do love these informal get-togethers, don't you, big man? Oh. It was short but very sweet, the wind-up of the no-one-was-murdered case. The score was the kind to make you forget you didn't get a fee. Two killers caught, no victims. When I saw Walt take the little big man, not so big without his gun, and his boss Blackwell off to the Bastille, my worries melted like a snowman in a blast furnace. And speaking of melting, the lovely Mrs. Blackwell showed signs of being upset. So, what could I do but console the pretty little thing? Oh, Mr. Diamond, I think you were so wonderful and brave. Oh, you show a few nice points yourself, Mrs. Blackwell, and call me Rick. You saved my life, Rick. And call me Rita. You can get to the point quick. Why, Rita. Oh, there you are, Mrs. Blackwell. I know you must be terribly upset. Well, Rick has been a great comfort to me. I'll bet he has. But I've arranged for Francis to take you home. Uh, now. Now? Oh, well, thank you, Miss Asher. And Rick. Yes? Don't worry about the name calling. Just say, hey, you. I'll know what you mean. I think I know what you mean. By you. Well? So help me, I'm innocent. With lipstick on your collar? That Otis. I've warned him to be careful with my shirts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, time for my yo-yo act? Your act. I... Oh, Rick, uh, about that... No, now, now, look. I've worked my finger to the bone practicing. Don't tell me. Why, you specifically asked me to be here tonight. I, I know. And come on with me over to the bandstand. Oh, no. No, you don't. I'm an artist tonight, not a singer. No sing, no yo-yo. You mean if I sing, I can do my yo-yo act? If you make it pretty. Uh, it's blackmail, but I'll do it. Well, you stay right here. I want to talk to the orchestra leader. Okay, I'll practice. Well. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Richard Diamond, his piano, and his yo-yo. Sing good, Rick. Like a robin with a sponsor. 
Are the stars out tonight? I don't know if it's cloudy or bright Cause I only have eyes for you, dear The moon may be high But I can't see a thing in the sky Cause I only have eyes for you I don't know if we're in a garden Or on a crowded avenue You are here, so am I Maybe millions of people go by But they all disappear from view And I only have eyes for you Oh, the start of the act. Oh, come on. Let me show you. Here, give it to me. Now, you, you start it down. Like this. Helen. Yes, Rick. He's better. Uh, let's go home and neck. Wait till I get my hat. have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Helen was played by Virginia Gregg, Lieutenant Levinson by Ed Begley. Also in our cast were Wilms Herbert, Hans Conried, Grace Albertson, Sidney Miller, and High Everback. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Tonight's story was written by Herb Purdom and edited and directed by Blake Edwards. Portions of the program were transcribed. Dick Powell soon will be seen in the screen version of the best-selling novel, Mrs. Mike. <laughs> now this is Tal Avery inviting you to be with us again at the same time next week when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. <laughs> Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Archie the bartender to reach the phone and answer a call from his boss, the owner of Duffy's Tavern. Bristol Myers, makers of Ipana toothpaste for the smile of beauty and Vitalis for well-groomed hair, bring you transcribed Duffy's Tavern with our guest tonight, Charles Coburn, and starring... Archie himself, Ed Gardner. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meets eat. Archie, the manager speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Tonight, uh, Charles Coburn. Charles Coburn. Now, Duffy, don't hang up. All right, so one week it ain't a dame. 
huh? You never heard of Coburn? Duffy, I'm surprised. The, the uh, gentleman's histrionic talents have made him one of the foremost exponents of Thespis. Yes, he's a ham. <laughs> yeah, been in show business for years. How old is he? Well, uh, let me put it this way. He's old enough to know what it's all about, but uh, he ain't young enough to do nothing about it. <laughs> Right, a lot like Jolson. <laughs> Except if Coburn ever got down on one knee, he'd never get up again. Huh? How's business here? Well, uh, we're running ahead of yesterday. Yeah, we was closed yesterday. <laughs> well, you know something, Duff? You know what would help business here? Uh, a, a, a doorman, you know, a good front man. Huh? Well, uh, when a customer comes into place... What's the first thing he thinks about? Right. About leaving. <laughs> so we got to have a front man to block the door, and uh, this Coburn is a natural for the job. <laughs> yeah. You ought to see the front the guy puts up. <laughs> His uh, duties? Uh, well, we'd expect him to go up to the customers, you know, and inquire, for instance, how they like the food here. Duffy, who's gonna hit a guy his age? <laughs> well, look, I'm busy now. I'll call you back. But, Duffy, me and Eddie is right in the middle of some very important business. Okay. Okay, Eddie, deal out the cards. <laughs> okay, Miss Arthur. Oh, that's a wonderful game, you know? What'd you say the name of it? It's called Jim Rummy. <laughs> Named after that famous gambler, Diamond Jim. <laughs> Diamond Jim, huh? I thought this game was called Gin Rummy. You're thinking of Eli Whitney. <laughs> sure, he invented the cotton gym. <laughs> I saw it a great game. Yeah. Very educational. Yes, sir. Yeah. How much do you owe me so far? <laughs> see, now you... You gym me four times, 3,000 points... Times it by seven is 21,000. 21,000 plus 10,000 for boxes is 32,000. Uh, multiplied by four. That's an even dollar. Okay, give me the buck. Okay, here's the buck. Now, uh, lend me the loan of the buck back. Nothing doing. That's bad luck. I ain't gonna lend you no money. You won't lend me a lousy buck? That's a fine attitude. Suppose other people felt that way. Suppose Isabella hadn't lent Columbus some money. Do you realize the world would still be flat? <laughs> Eddie, I'm surprised at you. Hey, Archie, uh, this Charles Coburn who's coming down here tonight. What about him? Well, why don't you ever have anyone like Robert Taylor or Tyrone Power to meet me? Tyrone Power. Look, Miss Duffy, when a guy's got a filly mignon at home, he don't go out to eat hash. <laughs> I might further mention that to get guys like Tyrone Power down here, we'd have to induce them with a little sex appeal. Sex appeal? What is it? Nothing but sheer, plain animal attraction. Animal attraction? Look, have you ever been to the burlesque? Yeah. Ever see crowds like that at the zoo? <laughs> 
Jerry, how old is Mr. Coburn? What's it to you? Well, in case he happens to find me irresistible. <laughs> Look, Miss Duffy, the guy may have gray hair, but his opticals are still good. <laughs> now, beat it, will you? I uh, wish to be alone. Uh, oh, what? My wish has been granted. What's <laughs> the matter with you, Finnegan? You look a little tired. Oh, yeah. I couldn't sleep a wink last night. Couldn't sleep, huh? Did you try counting sheep? Yep. Counted up to 864. Yeah, still couldn't get to sleep? No, oh, the room got so stuffy, I had to get up and open the window. How come? I made a mistake. Instead of sheep, I was counting goats. <laughs> Another thing that kept me awake was a loud party going on upstairs. Well, uh, why didn't you go upstairs and tell them to shut up? Uh, well, as it turned out, I didn't have to. You see, the ceiling in my apartment ain't too strong. So? So the next thing I know, I'm dancing with a tall blonde. <laughs> you mean the party dropped in on you and uh, carried on in your apartment? Well... Uh, not exactly. What do you mean, not exactly? Well, as you know, the floor in my apartment ain't too strong, neither. So you dropped in on the people downstairs? Yeah. How long did this party last? Clear through to the basement. <laughs> you, you know them penthouse parties, I They go on for a long time. So, as I say, I didn't get a wink of sleep. Well, what'd you do all night? Played solitaire with me brother. Solitaire with your brother? Two of you's playing solitaire? What else could we play? We only had one deck of cards. <laughs> oh, so you played cards, Yeah. Huh? I didn't know you was a card player. Oh, I'm very good at it, Art. Maybe we can get up a little game. Okay. All right, we'll play dealer's choice. Uh, what game do you like? Flipping them into a hat. <laughs> Boy, that's a wonderful card game. Yeah, it's better card game than it is a joke. <laughs> Flipping them into a hat. Huh? I thought that was very funny. Flipping them into a hat. Yeah, huh? I thought so, too. Uh, mm, uh, look, uh... Uh... How would you like to play a little rummy? little rummy? Why not? I'll play anybody. Finnegan, <laughs> I mean Jim Rummy. Oh, 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 Jim the Rummy. The new card game. Uh, how do you play it? I'll show you. You got any money? Well, I got half a buck. In that case, I think I can teach you the game. <laughs> well, thanks, Doc. And I think you'll find that I learned very fast. Well, if you learn very fast, how come you don't know nothing? Oh, easy come, easy go. <laughs> well, I'm glad you feel that way, Finnegan. Now, put up to 50 cents. Okay. All right. Now, card for you, card for me, card for you, card for me. Miss Archer, uh, how can you do it? It'll be a lesson, Tomedy. It'll teach him not to gamble. <laughs> Hello, Arch. Oh, hello, Joe. Did you finish your broadcast already? Yeah, and boy, if I have to work with that comedian one more week, I'll blow my top. Why, what's the matter? He got so many laughs tonight, I had to cut the commercial. This is bad? <laughs> well, certainly it's bad. It was awful. 
because I never got a chance to say that Ipana toothpaste is the toothpaste more dentists use themselves, as well as recommend to their patients, than any other. You ought to try the Ipana way yourself. It's easy. First, between regular visits to your dentist, brush all tooth surfaces with Ipana toothpaste at least twice a day. Then, massage gums the way your dentist advises, to stimulate gum circulation. That's all. But see the difference Ipana toothpaste can make to your teeth, to your smile. Notice Ipana's wonderful flavor, too. How it leaves your mouth fresher, your breath cleaner. You'll really like Ipana and what it can do for you. So get a tube first chance you get. Remember, a good dentifrice like a good dentist is never a luxury. Make the Ipana way your way to healthier gums, brighter teeth, a more sparkling smile. The Ipana smile, the smile of beauty. Well, Finnegan, that's that. Okay, Arch. You owe me three bucks. <laughs> three bucks. Okay, uh, hey, huh? <laughs> Thanks, Arch. Aggie. Hey. Hey, wait a minute. What? That guy that just came in. I think I seen him in the movies. Ain't that Faye Bainter? <laughs> Finnegan, that's Charles Coburn. Oh! Well, Mr. Coburn, may I tell you that many great stars have passed through these portholes. <laughs> but you are the portliest of them all. And furthermore, may I say that we are indeed pleased... Oh, shut up. <laughs> so this is Duffy's tavern, hmm? Mm-hmm. Where's Duffy? He's home. He's smart. <laughs> You don't like the place? Well, it's sort of broken down and decrepit. But then, who am I to talk? <laughs> That's right. At least you've got a roof over your head. <laughs> By the way, uh, are you keeping busy these days? Oh, yes. My days are quite full. Pictures, radio, personal appearances, looking for work. <laughs> have you been an actor? About 50 years. 50 years. Almost a decade. <laughs> Look, uh, as long as you brought it up, uh, just how old a man are you? Uh, approaching 65. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, at an age like that, what do you do for amusement? <laughs> oh, I collect antique furniture. Antique furniture. Did you buy these antiques when they was new? <laughs> All except the 18th century stuff. John Quincy Adam outbid me. <laughs> well, I'm sorry I ain't got no antiques to amuse you, but uh, how about a drink? Thank you, I will. Okay, Eddie, uh, three fingers of warm milk. <laughs> uh, would you like something to eat with it, Mr. Coburn? No, thanks. I have to be very careful what I eat. Yeah, and what's the matter? Is stomach kicking up? It used to, but it hasn't got uh, the strength anymore. <laughs> All it does now is to squirm a little. <laughs> yeah. Hey, milk, Miss Colburn. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'll have to take these pills first. Pills, eh? Let me see. Hey, what's them red ones for? My liver. And the 
Green ones? Kidneys. Uh, how about the brown ones? Stomach. Oh, uh, tell me, what's the purple ones for? Just a dash of lavender to round out the color scheme. <laughs> uh, say, say, Archie. Uh-uh, we're in trouble. <clears throat> I suppose you want an introduction? To him? to a person of my sex. Archie. Yeah? What sex is that? <laughs> She's a girl. You could have fooled me. Well, we might as well get it over with. McDuffie, this is Charles Coburn. How do you do? No. No, I'm sorry, Mr. Coburn. But May can never wed December. <laughs> Miss Duffy, December had no intention of asking you. <laughs> Miss Duffy, can't you see that he ain't interested in you? Oh, no. Did you see the look in his eyes? Forgive me, dear lady. I was carried away by your lovely, ravishing face. I can go along with the gag. <laughs> something, Mr. Coburn. Yes? Do girls go out with you? Oh, once in a while. How do they explain you to their folks? <laughs> they usually say, Mama, see what I'll have to marry if you don't let me go out with Joe? <laughs> well, well, Mr. Coburn, don't feel too bad. Remember, any girl who'd go out with you isn't worth having anyway. <laughs> Miss Duffy, will you please desist your presence? Me and the gentleman here has some business to discuss. Uh, tell me, Mr. Coburn, uh, how long did you say you've been an actor? Fifty years. Fifty years, huh? Don't you think you ought to settle down to a steady job? <laughs> a steady job? Yeah. Well, Here in Duffy's Tavern. I'd rather marry Miss Duffy. <laughs> the hard way, huh? Look, it happens that we have a very important job open. What kind of a job? We need a front man. A front man? Yeah, and you're just a type, you know. Prosperous looking, well-fed, well-dressed, business-like, perfect phony. <laughs> well, what do you say? But, Archie, a job like that, uh, wouldn't it tie me down? Not too tied down. Take me. I work here, and I wasn't too tied down to do a picture for Paramount. Yes, I saw that picture. Oh, really? What'd you think of it? You should be tied down. <laughs> Mr. Coburn, for a man who is seeking employment, I should think you'd be a little more diplomatic. Uh, I was only fooling, Archie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed the picture. Did you? Mm, yes. Especially Dorothy Lamore. In that sarong. Oh. How old did this guy say he was? <laughs> you like that sarong, huh? Yeah, didn't you? Uh, personally, I never gave it a second thought. I, I was too busy with the first thought. <laughs> but what a cast we had in that picture. Remember Bing Crosby? No. He was in it. Uh, remember Betty Hutton? Yes. Remember Victor Moore? No. 
Remember Veronica Lake? Yes. <laughs> Remember Alan Ladd? No. Remember Diana Lynn? Yes. Looks like December has moved up a couple of months. Yeah, it was a great cast. We had 34 stars in addition to me. Yes, 34 stars and one eclipse. Excuse me. Hello? Oh, hello, Duffy. Uh, no, uh, no, I ain't got him out on the sidewalk yet. Huh? Well, I figure on rainy days, we can let him stand inside, you know, next to the cash register. Well, Duffy, we can have him bonded. <laughs> Look, Duffy, there's nothing to worry about. He's the, the settled type, you know, not bright enough to steal and too old to run. <laughs> uh, incidentally, how much you think we should pay him? Duffy, he can make more money than that out of Social Security. <laughs> huh? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> be with you in a second, Mr. Coburn. Uh, Eddie, Duffy says we gotta test the guy's character before we hire him. Character, huh? Yeah, and I agree with him, you know. I won't have nobody around here, Eddie, unless he's honest. There's two things we gotta have. Character and honesty. Now, we gotta test the guy. How? We'll clip him in a poker game. <laughs> That's the sure way to test out a guy's character, you know, to play him poker. What would he win? Then he's fired. We can't have guys around here without character. <laughs> Did uh, you fellas say you're going to play poker? Oh, yeah. You want to sit in, Joe? No, thanks. I'll just stand around and make suggestions. Everybody's a kibitzer. <laughs> Well, no, Arch, not really. If you happen to have a queen, I'll just casually mention that every queen goes for a guy that has that well-groomed Vitalis look. And I might even go so far as to say that you can look like a king after a Vitalis 60-second workout. Won't cost you so much jack, either. And you like Vitalis, especially so if you're troubled with dry, unruly hair. Hair that's been dried out by sun, wind, and water. Why, no other hair preparation can give your scalp and hair better protection than Vitalis and the 60-second workout. For the Vitalis formula contains two of the same ingredients that many skin specialists prescribe for dry, flaky scalps, plus all the other extras that make your hair more handsome, more healthy-looking. So try the Vitalis 60-second workout. Let it prevent scalp and hair dryness, rout flaky dandruff, and give you the best-looking, healthiest-looking head of hair you ever had. You'll look your best tomorrow if you get a bottle of Vitalis today. Now, look, fellas. Uh, uh, leave us not scare this guy off by mentioning poker right away, you know. I'll lead him up to it gradually, you know, subtle-like. Uh, subtle-like, huh? Yeah. Uh, oh, Mr. Coburn. Uh, yes? Uh, speaking of baseball, uh, them St. Louis Browns is the best baseball team in St. Louis. Don't you think so? No, I like the cards. Speaking of cards... <laughs> Would you like to indulge in a nice sociable game of, say, uh, Jim Rummy? Well, frankly, I don't know much about cards. A pigeon. <laughs> uh, you say you don't know much about cards? No, no. About uh, six years ago, I did play a game called uh, poker. Poker, huh? Uh, 
What kind of a game is that? Well, it's been so long ago I've forgotten. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, why don't we play again? Maybe it'd come back to us, huh? All right. Uh, if you'll promise to be patient with a greenhorn. <laughs> I'm even greener than you. No, I'm much greener than you. No, I'm a lot greener than you. <laughs> These are the two greenest actors I ever seen. <laughs> Well, get the cards. Fellas, we got a real sucker here. I don't know a thing about poker. The poker! Oh, boy, poker! Do you play poker? No. <laughs> no, no, I do. I don't, but I got dumb luck. If you got any kind of luck at all, that's the kind. <laughs> now, Fennigan, all you got to remember in yeah. poker is one thing. Yeah. See, don't go into a pot unless you got four of a kind. Four of a kind. That's right. Yeah. Don't go in unless you got four of a kind. Well, okay, okay. Well, Mr. Coburn, uh, what shall we play first? Say, uh, one and two? All right, a hundred and two hundred. <laughs> shall we compromise? <laughs> All right. Two cents and four cents. <laughs> All right, now, uh, let's start the game. Now, go ahead and deal out the cards. Uh, by the way, you do know how to deal, don't you? Well, I used to be able to. Now, let me see. Hmm. Three missing. Do. Well, by a very fortunate coincidence, I happen to have a deck of cards right here in my pocket. Oh, really? In your pocket? Uh, how long did you say it was since you played? Six years. This is an old coat. <laughs> mm. I wonder if I'll be able to remember how to play this uh, poker. Yeah, I wonder if I'll remember too. Uh, how are we going to play? Straight poker. Jacks are better, nothing wild. <laughs> Mr. Archer, I got a queer feeling that ain't such an old coat. <laughs> well, let's look at him now. See, what have I got? Hmm. 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 I'll open it. I bet uh, four cents. Wait, no, I don't. Leave it there. Let's down our dead. <laughs> hmm. uh, are you staying, Eddie? No, I'm dropping out. Uh, me too. Me too. Uh, you win the pot, Mr. Coburn. Oh, do I win? Yep, take the money. Well, this is great fun. <laughs> Beginner's luck, I guess. Yeah, what'd you have? A pair of bullets. I mean, uh, two ones. <laughs> You deal next, Eddie. Uh, by the way, Finnegan, what did you drop out with? Oh, nothing. Three kings. <laughs> you dropped out with three kings. Well, you, you told me to only go in with four of a kind. Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, yeah, I won't do that. Just wait till you get four of a kind. Sure. <laughs> well, here's your cards, gentlemen. Hmm. 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 Oh, boy! I open it! <laughs> you open it, Finnegan? Yeah, yeah. 
In that case, I think I'll drop out. <laughs> and me too. Well, I think I'll stay. Brave boy. <laughs> okay, how many cards are you drawing? None. I, uh, I think I'll stand pat. Oh, yeah? Well, I'll stand pat, too. Hey, very shrewd poker, Finnegan. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my bet. I raise you. I raise you. I said it fight. <laughs> Finnegan, he's got a right to raise you. This is a democracy. Oh. <laughs> but, uh... You can re-raise them. Oh, okay. And I raise, and I re-raise, and I raise, and I re-raise you again. I double it. Okay, I'll drop out. <laughs> You'll drop out? Why? We ain't got enough dough. Wait a minute. I might back you if you got what I think you got. Don't worry, Arch. I got him. I got him, huh? Yeah. That's good enough for me. Mr. Coburn, we raise you two. Four. Eight. Sixteen. Thirty-two. Sixty-four. Give me a pencil. Ninety-seven. <laughs> what do you got? Ten, Jack, Queen, King, Ace. A straight... That's all? <laughs> Finnegan. Yeah. <laughs> Show your cards. There you are, right? Let's see. <laughs> Ten, four, two, seven. Jack. Finnegan, where's the four of a kind? There they are, four space. <laughs> oh, no. Well, gentlemen, I thank you very much. Good night. Good night, Mr. Coburn. Uh, hey, wait just a second. Uh, I think this ace belongs to you. It just fell out of your cup. Oh, did it? <laughs> well, you may keep it. I've got a million of them. Now we uh, decided not to hire Coburn. Well, uh, we found out his memory was a little better than his character. <laughs> huh? Well, next week, uh, Chester Morris is coming down, and we'll try him. Oh, I don't know, maybe uh, trap shooting or something. <laughs> evening, but let's meet here again at the same time next Wednesday when our guest will be Chester Morris. Duffy's Tavern is brought to you by iPana Toothpaste for the smile of beauty and Vitalis for well-groomed hair. Each Wednesday, Bristol Myers brings you Duffy's Tavern and Mr. District Attorney, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Suspense, followed by Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.